0: We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and this is The Debrief. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi Hall.
1: And I'm Seth Dreyer, and today we're debriefing a conversation about abortion and whether everyone deserves to be born or whether some people should
2: not be born.
0: Joining us today, we have Amelia. Thank you, Amelia, for coming on. Thanks
2: for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, and we just got back from an urban outreach, which is where we take abortion victim images and we go down to the downtown square um, and ask people what do they think about abortion and have conversations with them. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to go over and on a specific question that Amelia, ha- or specific um, encounter that Amelia had earlier. So Amelia, this was your first ever outreach with Created Equal. And I really want to know what were your expectations going into the outreach?
2: Okay, so I feel like I was pretty nervous. I know that we did the um, overpass beforehand. So I feel like that kind of settled me a little bit because I could talk to Ian about it. And he was kind of helping me like telling me what to expect and what kind of things people would talk to me about um but on the bus I was freaking out that I was gonna start crying and I was like no I'm gonna start crying I can't talk to anybody I don't know enough like this is gonna be horrible and I'm gonna make everybody pro-choice by accident that was like my biggest fear but um yeah I was just scared that I was gonna do horribly at it that I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody and that you know just starting the conversation was really kind of scary but Lizbeth was there to help me and then Starting the conversations got easier. Like, once you know, like once you put your foot in the door, it's easier. And I'm glad I was just dropped into it rather than like having to wait and wait and wait to be able to do it.
0: For sure. So, was there anything that stood out to you that was like kind of a shock that you didn't even expect to happen?
2: I didn't think people would ignore me. You know, I thought everyone (laughs) would talk to me, everybody would want to talk about it. But most people, I'd be like, Hi, what do you think about abortion? They'd just like ignore me, walk by, they'd take my pamphlet, or they'd be like, Uh, I don't have an opinion, or I don't really want to talk to you, so...
1: We should also say, Amelia, so getting here, getting dropped in the middle of it, like you said you were, happened because you've chosen to be a Creative equal intern. So you're doing this for two full months, full time this summer, learning how to have these conversations about abortion, but still coming into it. Like you said, I think all of us, Lexi, you remember too, your first outreach, all the feelings you're going through, and then the experiences, that first part of getting someone to stop and talk to you, like you said, that's the hardest part, I think anyway, right? Because as you said, some don't want to talk. Some walk by and merely see the pictures, which is still good, but getting someone to stop and chat with you, that is hard. So did Elizabeth kind of walk you through that, how to try to get people to chat with you and get them to talk to you?
2: Yeah, she basically just said, you know, just go up to them, just walk after them, say, hey, what do you think about abortion? Ask them what they think. Um, So I went up to every single person that walked by me because, you know, it's I'm here, there to talk to you, so awesome. I'm going to talk to you. Um, so she was like, yeah, a lot of people don't do that on their first time. But yeah, I just walked to, up to every single person because I was like, I'm having a conversation. Someone will talk to me. Hang
1: on, wait a second. So you were nervous going into it. All of a sudden, you were confident to go ask everyone walking by. How did you make that switch, that jump?
2: Oh, um, I just, you know, it wasn't about me. You know, it's about God. And also, I feel like I have a lot of experience just talking to random people when I do my broadcasting in college. So I was just like, hi who are you? You know, know, like that kind of thing. So I just, I just wanted to talk to them. I was really excited, just talk to people. And I feel like that made the nerves go away.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what you have to do. You just have to jump right on in. I remember my first outreach, I had to literally count myself down. Whenever I saw somebody approaching, I had to count myself down and force myself to open my mouth and speak to them. um, So I can relate to that for sure. Um, I want to know, we're about to get into this conversation you were having. What were your feelings? What were your thoughts as you were talking to this guy? And did you kind of start freaking out in the middle of it or did you remain calm, cool and collected?
2: Okay, so I saw him walking by. So I asked Lizbeth. I was like, hey, should I talk to him? Because I asked her every single time. Um, And she was like, yeah, go ask him. Yes,
1: always. Yes. yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just needed that reassurance. So I asked her and then I went up to him and I was like, hi, what do you think about abortion? I didn't think he would talk to me. And then he just like was really into talking to me. And we were talking about abortion. He was like, yeah, I think it's wrong except for rape. So then I was talking about the rape argument. I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Like if anyone has gone through rape, obviously no one wants to go through that. That's a horrible, horrible thing to happen to somebody and then he just was like going on a tangent and I didn't know how to respond to that. So I kind of like waved Lizbeth over so she could help me out. Because like I didn't want to give him wrong information. I didn't want to, I just didn't know how to respond to what he was saying. And I needed, you know, that support.
1: That's why Lizbeth was there. I mean, we exactly. recognize every, every one of us when we go to outreach, we might encounter that question. We don't know how to get over. We need to be working as a community together. And that's also, again, the purpose of this podcast, The Debrief. We're here talking about this conversation. So all the three of us, anyone else listening, so we can all become better defenders of babies who are dying. By abortion, we're always learning, always becoming better, better at this.
0: Yeah, and so whenever you had to pull Lizbeth over, what was his uh, his reaction to that? Did was he like okay with having her enter the conversation?
2: Yeah. So I wasn't like really, um, you know, I didn't say, hey, Elizabeth, come over here. I kind of like he was looking up. So then I moved my shoulder to her. (laughs) Secretly get her (laughs) over there.
0: That's nice. Exactly.
2: So it was kind of vague, like he didn't know. Yeah. And then she came over and she just said, oh, sorry to butt in. But like, I think this blah, 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 like that kind of thing. So she just kind of jumped in and he was really open to it. I think he just wanted to have some sort of dialogue. And she was just really confident about coming into the conversation, too.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, well, I want to watch the footage that we have right now and kind of unpack what he was saying. Let me ask, does our, do our life
2: circumstances determine our value as human beings or does our humanity determine our value as
0: human beings? Like, do my life circumstances determine whether I can be killed or not or am I valuable as a human being with the right to life no matter that's what? That's
2: where I'm torn because I'm torn on a lot of stuff that – there's a lot of people out here I think don't deserve the brief. There is, and a lot of people say I'm wrong for that, but there's a lot of people out here I think don't deserve uh, that didn't deserve to be conceived they should have been aborted
1: okay so the audio is a little challenging because we're downtown but Amelia here's what I got from this please clarify if I'm wrong so Elizabeth walks up and says so what makes me valuable as a human my circumstances or the fact that I am a human being and he I think he went on to say there are a lot of people here who don't deserve or did not deserve to be conceived and born they should have been aborted is that correct
2: yes that's exactly what he said
1: so that's very shocking and I think a lot of people listening to this they you know when you think about abortion you don't think that some people actually think that people should be killed they think that okay they don't realize abortion is killing maybe they just don't understand that but some people like this gentleman actually think that they may be babies but it's still better that they die than that they live is that what he's saying
2: Yeah 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 that's what he's So
1: how the conversation go from there
2: Well after that point I feel like both of us were kind of surprised. So she was like asking about suffering and he started talking about foster care and how those people in the foster system, they should have just, if they had been aborted, then they wouldn't have had to suffer through being in the foster care system and then being like molested by a foster dad. And he went into like somebody being molested later in life, somebody being raped later in life and not having a loving family. And then um, Lizbeth was like, well, what if, you know, how is the baby whose head is torn off? How is that better? How, how is it better for them to be ripped limb from limb? than to get to have a life. And he was like, well, it would just be easier if they just died you know, first, if they just got aborted, then they wouldn't have to go through that.
1: The question is easier for whom, right? Or better for whom? I think that what Elizabeth was getting to that with that question is a very important point that we all recognize suffering is not good. We don't want to create more suffering in the world. But what do you do when suffering is a possibility? So he talks about foster families, right? So he is saying that kids who are in foster families may face future suffering. So it is better that they die and that they face a future suffering. Here's my question, I'd be interested, Lexi, in your response to this too, based on your conversations, and Amelia, your thoughts after this conversation. If possible suffering is bad, is not certain suffering worse? And so he may not recognize this, but it seems to me that to rip a child, as Lisbeth said, to rip a child limb from limb in abortion, that is worse suffering, and that's certain suffering compared to the possibility of future suffering. So I think that's the first issue here, right? If it's bad for people to suffer, what we should not do is cause more suffering by killing them.
0: For sure. I think his priorities are not straight at all. Like where he would say it's better for somebody to be killed than to have, um, some be in the foster care system or something like that. Um, he doesn't understand really what the word better is, right? He thinks that, um, happiness or satisfaction in life is the ultimate good. Um, but that is not true. And human beings are valuable and not based on who their parents are or anything like that, or what circumstance they may be in. He may find himself one day in a really, really tough circumstance. But the answer to that tough circumstance isn't to kill him, right? Right. And I don't think if that happened to him, his answer would be to kill him, you know? So I think he's probably playing the hypocrite. I I can't say that for certain. Um, But yes, I agree. And so going back to that, well, I guess let's hand it off to Amelia. Going off of that, next time you have the same conversation, is there something you would say different?
2: I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just feel like when I'm in there in the moment, it just really... Like, I forget everything that I've ever learned. but it's it's different when you're facing someone on the street,
1: right? But I think what you guys did in that conversation was really, really good. And I think even his initial question about rape, which is injustice, it's wrong, it's disgusting, it's vile. We're all opposed to that because we want to protect innocent people, baby and mother, right? But I think that points to the fact that he would probably agree with us that suffering does not justify killing because we all agree here that when a woman is violated and raped, she is suffering, Right. But we would all immediately say, that doesn't mean you should kill her because of her suffering. When someone is suffering, you don't kill them. You help them. So what do we do when a baby or a mother may face future suffering? We should help them, right? Shouldn't that be our guiding principle? Yes. And so like I think a good friend of, our, of, of ours, um, and Amelia, someone that you are getting to know too, is Stephanie Gray Connors, author of Love Unleashes Life. I'm a good friend of Creative Equal. She has a saying that I think is very helpful in this. We should seek to alleviate suffering, not, el- not eliminate sufferers. So when someone is hurting, when someone's in pain or someone may face future pain, we do all that we can to help them. We don't kill them. That's not helping by killing someone.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's kind of where he um, is getting it wrong. And I know that if he would take the second to think about it, maybe think through what he was saying, and that would be maybe something to do in the conversation. Um, Was he kind of going off and speaking and not really letting y'all talk as much?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay,
0: kind of what it seemed like from that conversation, from even just a little bit that we um, heard. I think that if we could point that out to them, just like you were saying, Seth, that um, killing somebody, death, is not the answer um, to life's problems. And so we shouldn't say somebody is more valuable or less valuable, or he actually even used the word deserved not, Mm. or they didn't deserve to even be conceived, right? Like, so who is the one dictating who deserves what is my question to this guy. What would you say? Well, what that's a question? really good question, Lexi. Yeah. And I
1: think that um, that's one that we should all stick in our minds to use in these conversations because you're right. He is suggesting that he is the one who gets to decide whether you deserve to live or die. Like how elitist of him. And again, he may not mean it this way because he th- he's coming from a place thinking this is compassionate to kill yeah. someone, right? He's motivated by compassion, so he thinks. But he's really saying, I get to decide whether your life is worth living. Isn't that awfully elitist to say that, that I get to decide whether you deserve to live or die. I think if anyone said that about any other class of people, whether they be people of a certain ethnicity or gender, whatever it may be, we would say, no, you don't get to say because of those things about them, they deserve to die. So why with preborn people do we suddenly get that right to say you don't deserve to live? That's not okay. That's, that, that's unjust discrimination against the preborn people.
0: Yeah, and that's why we, we always, whenever we're in conversations with people, we always compare the pre-born to other people groups. Um, a lot of people get really mad if you bring up the Holocaust or uh, slavery or something like that. People get really offended by that. Um, that's just because we don't see the pre-born as valuable human beings like we see other people groups who are going through injustice today or have in the past. Um, and so that's what we, we as Created Equal try to show people not just only in our words, but also with using abortion victim images, showing the humanity of the preborn. Um, and we don't just use a victi- victim images to um, people say we use a scare tactics or anything like that. No, it's the reality, right? right? If abortion wasn't so ugly and gruesome, then people could just walk by us and not be offended. But because it is ugly, because it is gruesome, because it is killing an innocent human being, because it's depicting suffering right? As Americans, for sure, we hate the idea of suffering, don't we, Seth? Right, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) And so whenever we're confronted with suffering or when we're facing suffering, we automatically think that's bad, that's terrible, and I'm going to try to turn myself from it or yell at the person who is pushing that suffering on me or whatever it may be. And so um, in this conversation, Seth, what would be something that you would like to tell him?
1: Well, I think that... um I think that what's so interesting about this conversation is, it again, points to what makes humans valuable. It- does our suffering reduce our value? I think he's suggesting that with people who don't deserve to be born or be conceived, as he said, that if your life has some things like suffering in it, you don't have value. So I'd be curious to know how he grounds human value, which is a big part of the debate, and kind of bringing Amelia back into it. Amelia, you know, you're, you're new to this. Um, this is your first outreach downtown. I'm curious. I think a lot of our listeners who have not done outreach might have ideas about what it looks like. Were you aware going into this that a lot of people just think that some humans aren't valuable? That, that is that surprising to you that some people have this view that not all of us really are equal? Some of us don't deserve to be alive. Was that surprising to you or were you already familiar with that?
2: I don't think it was surprising to me because I go to a more like liberal campus and I had asked, I had had my created equal bracelet on it. It says like, are we all created equal or something? And I, my friend saw it, and he was like, no, we're not created equal. I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, we're not equal. Like, no one's equal. Like, none of us are equal. And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, we're not equal.
1: That's so shocking, so, isn't it, right? Yeah. It's very, I, that's very shocking. So it's in the founding of our country that we are all created equal, and we have certain inalienable rights from our creator. So we could have a dual podcast on that, right? But this is the truth, that people today, I remember I was having a conversation, kind of similar to that with a friend, too, who said, no, we're not all equal. And I thought, why, why would you say that? Shouldn't we all be equal at least? We should, reckon, even if we are not currently experiencing equality. I think that's actually true because we are killing preborn people. It doesn't face change the fact that we are by our nature equal, even if society is not treating us equally. So that's shocking to me that we live in a country based on human equality, which is celebrating inequality through abortion, and you have people like your friend Amelia on campus who seem to be saying that's okay. Yeah, that's shocking to me.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people want to um, be in charge of saying who is valuable, who's important, and who's not. And so I think that's why people can actually gravitate towards the idea of um, inequality towards the idea of not saying that all human beings are valuable or, or important, but they want to be the ones in charge of saying which people groups matter, which don't, and they get to use and abuse and manipulate any people group they don't perceive to be valuable. And But what's so um, weird to me is he cares so much about these people or I guess, doesn't care enough about these people to where he cares so much about their suffering. He wishes they weren't suffering, so he wishes they were dead, right? So what? how is somebody's mind going there? You know what I mean? Whenever I see somebody suffering, my initial reaction is to help them, not wish they were dead.
1: Right. You know, we see these horrible pictures of atrocities over time of people suffering. We think if I could jump in that photo and be with that person, I would pull them out of that situation or try to, Right. Now, he, though, again, I think he's motivated by compassion. Listening to the brief part of the conversation, I think he is saying, yes, but their suffering is so great, it's better for them if they were dead. I think that is badly directed compassion. So I think that we three here today, I hope we all three, actually, I know we all three agree that compassion is a good thing, right? That's why we're motivated to help babies and parents, because we know that preborn babies should be saved. We know parents need help. Because abortion is not the right solution. So how do we properly direct compassion? If I were there in that conversation, or I, which again, it's easy afterward to say what yes. I would do, right? Yes. But if I were to have a similar one next time we go out and I was talking to someone about this, I'd want to say, I see that you're a compassionate person. I see that you care for people, and that's a very good thing. Now, let's try to think about what is the proper way to direct our compassion. Let's say today you and I find a woman who is suffering, she's in poverty, and she has a two-year-old at home, and things are really hard for her. And she wants to kill the baby because she knows that her toddler is, is suffering along with her. What if you and I were in that situation? What should we do? Not what would you do, but what should we do? I think we should help the mother help the toddler, what, would you, what do you think we should do? That's what I want to say to him. And yeah. I don't know how he'd respond Amelia, but that's maybe what I think we should do because what we have to do is I think help people f- redirect their impulses to really help people.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And I have one last question for you, Amelia. Next time you're on outreach, which is going to be in a few days, what is something that you're going to do differently? Oh my gosh. Um, like I don't
2: know. Everything, right? Not
1: everything, but like, <laughs> I always like, think that after an outreach, like I've got to do so much differently yeah. because yes. we're always learning.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I feel like you put me on the spot with that sorry. question. No, it's okay. I feel like I just need to I just need to be able to come back with better questions because I was just asking the Vegas question. I was like, "Well, why do you believe that? Why do you think the way you think?" And I need to be able to connect with them on a more common ground, like a deeper level than just why.
1: Well, let me also say I think what you did so well, what you need to do again next time is that you were brave to go ask them. I think everyone listening again, maybe you've been at outreach before, maybe you haven't, but standing on a street corner talking to strangers walking by it's a surprise. it's a challenging thing sometimes, right, to be brave enough to go ask that first question. What do you think about abortion? Try to get someone to stop and chat with you. So you did that so well. Also, this is something hard for me, Lexi, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we've done this for a long time, we think, I have all the answers, and we'll just kind of want to keep going. But you asked for help. That was important. When you don't know what to say, ask for help. And anyone listening, you have a conversation about abortion, don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask for someone like Lizbeth to come help you.
0: Yes, for sure. That's really important.
1: So Lexi, any final thoughts from you as we wrap up this conversation and thinking about what people should be doing in their outreach efforts?
0: I think that all you can do is your best. And so get trained, um, continue to listen to this podcast, go on to listen to all of our other videos from Created Equal, Um, learn the arguments, but most importantly, go out and have the conversations.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. That's what we're going to keep doing. We'll be back again with the next conversation with maybe another intern, maybe a staff member talking about how we do this. So everyone listening, you know the drill. Please subscribe. If you like what you hear, go online, and give us a five-star review where you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on our social media, or you can just go to createdequal.org. Thank you so much for joining us. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief.